Welcome to the 49th Meal Podcast. My name is Mitchell Howe, and I am your host. I'm going to take you along a journey throughout the state of Alaska, where we'll meet the men and women that make the food that you love. All right, everybody, welcome back to the 49th Meal. This week, we are at Frosty Meadows Farms out here in the Wasilla area, and I will let them introduce themselves. Well, good morning. I am Chandra, a half owner with my husband of the Frosty Meadow Farm, and we raise chickens for restaurants and commercial, as well as for farm to table for people just wanting fresh meat. And we also raise a variety of other animals, but for us here, we are licensed and insured as a one of the biggest processors in the state for birds and rabbits. Nice, and how did you get started in that? I mean, was it like a pre-planned thing or like so many other people kind of <laughs> did one for somebody and it turned into 200 people later. It, it kind of was. I grew up on a farm in Oregon, so I'm used to doing these things. I have for 35 years and my husband's from Fairbanks and had never actually had any animals ever <laughs> or farming or anything. <laughs> so uh, we kind of got a couple goats from a friend uh, about seven years ago and our, got our son started in 4-H because that's where I'm from down in Oregon. We did 4-H and FFA. And we bought this farm and decided we were going to start raising chickens and stuff for ourselves. And a friend of mine literally said, I'm going to give away all these chickens because I don't have time to process them. And I said, why would you waste that? Bring them to me. I'll process them for you. And then you can sell them. And that's where it started. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I know. It, it's so funny because it seems like a lot of businesses I talk to up here, it started as, oh, I had an idea. I got me one or two of these, and the next thing they know, they are got a couple hundred of them lined up, ready to go. And now, what's some of the challenges? Because I, I don't know too much about chickens or farming in general. I'm fascinated learning, but I know I think of a place like Texas where 45, 50 degrees is a cold day. Negative 10, 20, and chickens. I, I just don't. Chicken popsicles don't sound as appealing as chicken drumsticks. <laughs> very true, very true. So here we have been gradually increasing uh, with our business and production. So we don't do year-round right now, but next year we will. We just uh, contracted with Alieska, so we will be providing oh, nice. meat and stuff for them this year for their Chef West down there. And we have not, like I said, been year round because yes, meat chickens <laughs> do not live well in the winter time. And I do tell a lot of our customers that bring birds to us for uh, farm to table processing for themselves to cut it off in September. Once the barometric pressure starts dropping, the birds do not grow well, they don't gain well, and it costs you far more to keep a barn heated to grow them than it does to even bother putting them in your freezer. So we will be putting up new buildings next year for year-round grow operation. And yeah, of course, we'll be having to heat those. And yes, we've already <laughs> did the numbers and run the numbers on how much that's going to cost and found the heaters that we need to keep the cost a little bit lower. But yeah, it's, it is very difficult in the wintertime, even with your egg-laying chickens, because we sell eggs too, they, they will shut off on you at 10 below. They, they don't want to. <laughs> you have to go out and collect the eggs three, four times a day so they don't freeze. It's, it's, a, it's a definitely time-consuming operation, and you really need to be committed to want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I say that sounds, sounds about like a lot of people I know. Once it hits 10 below, they just they don't want to. <laughs> 
you can't really blame them. We do around here. We we milk our own cow and we have our own pigs and we process all of our own meat and everything. So it, it is a year-round operation for us and it doesn't really bother us that much. But yeah, if I was if I was the chicken out in the backyard, I wouldn't want to either at all. No, thank you. <laughs> and now being up here, I mean, I know you're in Wasilla, but Wasilla is not very big. What is some of the logistical challenge? Because I imagine you're going through a lot of feed, just the animals I've seen on the farm coming up. I'm sure it's not just a run to Walmart, pick up a couple bags of feed and call it good. Well, unfortunately, some days it is the run to run to three bears down the road and pick up a couple bags of feed because, oh, my God, my kids have to be to school and I have three homeschooled and I have finals this week. And of course, my husband works on the slope three weeks at a time. So some days it definitely is the the reaction instead of the proaction. But we do try and buy pallets of feed so we do get the discounts and stuff and we work a lot with uh, Angela at Chickapalooza she's really really good about giving us the discount pricing because we buy a lot from her so it's really easy if I do need ones or twos and she's my best friend and delivers so that's helpful <laughs> kind of like kind of like Freddie's uh, Instacart now it's it's helpful <laughs> oh that that's PTSD right there I was working Fred Myers when the pandemic started and yeah we rolled out that Instacart or the in-store shopping, not the Instacart one. Mm. Well, nightmares. <laughs> but now, so if people are interested in raising some chickens for themselves, because uh -huh. I know that's a big thing up here. And it, it is. It seems like with this pandemic, a lot more people are looking into the possibility of securing their own food. Right. What advice do you have for somebody that's thinking, hey, maybe I want a couple chickens to get some eggs or mm -hmm. put some meat in the freezer? Uh, be prepared for chicken math, because once you get one or two, you're going to have about a hundred. It it just happens. I see it all the time. But all joking aside, we sell from baby chicks all the way up to processed meat. So we have done a lot of work in the last five years that we've been here. This is our sixth year. And as we've gradually increased what we were doing in the production operation, I've started bringing in more birds and being able to help those people learn and do it right the first time so that they're not having massive loss so when we order two to three hundred chickens in you have to remember that these meat birds that get really big really fast they are prone to heart conditions because they are overbred and they, they the turkeys are worse than the chickens are because we do raise turkeys for thanksgiving as well but they are prone to medical conditions and just dying on you shipment they're really really fragile to ship. We do work with a West Coast uh, breeder so that they come up for the from the hatchery generally within 24 to 36 hours, which is, oh, wow, okay. yes, which is very, very good timeline. A lot of people up here ordering five or six or 20 birds, they're in one little tiny box and the post office doesn't see it, don't realize <laughs> it's cheaping. It gets, so we've had, we've had 300 birds left on a tarmac in Ohio. Oh, wow. We have, and they got here dead. It's, it's, it's a thing. And so a lot of the hatcheries this last year quit shipping up here. So if you don't have volume orders, they really don't want to ship to you because of the loss, because they're the ones that generally say, okay, well, we'll give you credit on this one because the post office messed up. We're getting our insurance. But at the same time, to me, that's really bad on the animals too, because at the same time, we're still farmers and we don't like to see animals die. 
I don't care that you gave me my money back. I don't care that you're shipping me 300 more birds tomorrow. I'm concerned about the birds that just died that yeah. that got missed. But uh, we generally get ours really fast because they come in 100, 100 bird boxes strapped together 300 at a time. So they get here faster. We get them under the heat lamps with water faster. And then we hold them three to five days before customers pick them up so that they're healthy. We try okay. really hard to make sure that those people that only want 10 chickens get 10 good chickens. So now, like, what is the space requirement? Because that's something I've seen hotly debated on Facebook <coughs> groups, like the Alaska Farm and Feed Group. And I've seen, like, living in Sitka, people would literally have mm -hmm. it look like a dog kennel yep. with two chickens in it. And then some people will say you have to have this huge open area. So if it's just the average Joe, maybe he has a small backyard and mm -hmm. he wants some, some chickens, like, what's the practical space area and infrastructure needed for that? Generally, you want to look for your meat birds, one to two square feet per bird. Now, hold on, real quick. Why you say mm -hmm. meat birds? The, the now, ones that you're going to grow. Between like meat, egg laying? Very much. Okay. So, so we have birds which are generally Cornish cross, which are the white ones that you would buy at Fred Meyers or Safeway. Those are okay. the, those are, they're white. They grow up to the size that you see them in the stores in eight weeks. Oh wow! Yes. Okay. So they are. That's why they have heart conditions. Can you imagine growing that fast? <laughs> Seriously. My uh, stomach <laughs> <laughs> and then what they've come out with in the last six to eight years is a heritage breed that actually grows a little faster. They put some Cornish cross into it. They're called Rangers. A lot of people up here like those because they can grow them and they they can still breed. Cornish cross don't breed. They're too big to get to that point. <laughs> and then the rangers still have a lot of meat on them, but they're still more like an egg-laying chicken. Egg-laying chickens are all heritage, okay. is what we call them. We have heritage breeds, and then we have meat breeds. And rangers are a cross between the two. They still get pretty big, but it still takes about 12 to 14 weeks to get them that, as large as the Cornish get in eight weeks. So our farm grows the Cornish because the food ratio is a whole lot better and the conversion rate for, for money for us. However, people that don't really care and they're only raising 10 chickens and they want uh, something that will free range in the backyard and grow, Cornish can't go out in the backyard and eat your grass and eat your bugs and still grow. However, if you feed uh, smaller amounts of feed to the rangers, the rangers will still get bigger. It just takes them a little bit longer and you get the same amount of meat out of them. Okay. So, sorry about that interruption. So, like, how much room do they need? I was just wondering, because you said meat, kept saying meat birds, and yes. I've seen it. There, there's, on, yes, there's a difference. Different, I'm like, what is the difference? Because I, I just thought, you know, like, average Joe, you see a chicken, you figure it lays an egg, and then you make some mm -hmm. KFC at home out of it. Yeah, no, no. Um, some of them, and with your, we'll get back to the how much space we need because this will actually tie into that. So with your egg-laying chickens, what we do here, because we're a production farm, again, we look at the smallest weight chicken because those are going to have your best feed conversion and the highest amount of eggs laid per year. So white leghorns are one of the, they're the ones that you get the white eggs from at the store. Those are the ones that are mass-produced that they have at uh, foster farms, not foster farms, um, Eggland's best in places like okay. that. My sister used to work for Wilcox in Oregon yeah, I, or in Washington. That was, that was she, my very first job at 14, yep. pulling chickens. Pulling chickens, yep. And that was traumatic. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so she she actually, my sister there in Washington, worked um, in the in the egg, and they are free range. They lay eggs all over the floor. People pick up the eggs up. They wash them. They put them in the containers. But the white leghorns, because they weigh under three pounds, 
They're usually three to three and a half pounds live, but they will also lay up to 300 eggs a year. So the conversion rate on those <laughs> is crazy. And so you don't have to feed them near as much. Now they now have sex link chickens, which they have two or three different breeds crossed together. When they hatch, the males are generally white and the females are a darker color. And so you can tell exactly if it's a male or a female when they, when they hatch. And that way it's a lot easier for them to get them out to people. Dependent upon who bred them or which breeds they use to make them, some of those are four to five pounds each. And some of them only lay 280, 250 to 280 eggs a year. So you have a bigger chicken laying less eggs. But are they pretty? Most people are like, oh, but they're pretty. Okay, that's great for the backyard. That's great for the backyard. If you have your little princess chickens and you go out and you hand feed them, that is amazing. We don't do that. Our chickens are all tame. They all are nice in the coop, but they're, they're here for production. And once our production's over, we will generally sell them as stew chickens. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now, what does that production cycle look like from the time you get them in the box mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to uh, butchering and getting them out the door? So the meat chickens that we're putting out the door for people to eat and have in their freezer, those ones are eight to 10 weeks okay. from from when we get them to out the door. So it just varies on how many we have sold and how big they get. We use straight run, and so some of the females take 10 weeks, whereas the males take eight weeks because the females are using all the protein to try and make egg production because at eight ah, weeks old, okay. at eight weeks old, they're, they're trying to be full-grown chickens and be mature because that's how they've been bred to be, and they're trying to lay eggs. So they're, they're not quite to that point, but every, all of the protein, whereas the roosters, it goes into their meat and they get bigger. The hens, they don't, they don't grow quite as fast. So sometimes it takes a couple extra weeks on them. Now the egg layers, they grow slower, obviously. And so the females will take five to four to five months, usually dependent upon the breed, some are six months before they start laying eggs. Okay. So it's, it's not like you, you get a couple chicks in to lay eggs mm -hmm. and few weeks later they're popping nope nope it is five to six months it's a commitment and then generally what we do here we rotate three years uh, about okay. the about the third year their production starts falling off and it's time as some people will keep them five six seven years there some people are okay with them laying an egg every other day uh every three days it just depends on how much you love your chickens in the backyard and <laughs> most people do they just don't want to eat them and but we here, we do, we rotate, and I rotate through colors. So this year it's red, next year it should be black, and then the following year the, they'll be white. That way we know exactly which ones are this year's production crop, okay. and then the third year those are the ones so that get the sold. So the colors make a difference in the eggs, like what color the eggs are? Because I know like it seems <coughs> like when you buy fresh eggs from a farm, you get a lot more of that brown, greenish uh -huh. color eggs to where the stores are all shiny and sparkly white. Right. So as I said, the leghorns, even the brown leghorns lay white eggs. So okay. we have white and brown leghorns that lay white eggs. Uh, most of your sex link chickens are going to lay you brown eggs. There's black morans that lay really dark chocolate colored eggs. We have Easter eggers, which are Americanas, Aracanas, Novagens. They can lay anywhere from light blue to dark green. It just really varies on on the breed, so yes. Okay, so it's more of a breed thing than like an right. actual effect it, of the egg. Right. There's there's has nothing to do with each chicken can lay a different color egg every day. Nope. It is it's a breed. <laughs> it's definitely a breed thing. 
And now, for people that are interested in raising chickens, mm-hmm. but they don't have the will to want to process mm-hmm. their own chicken, how does that process work if they contact you and say, hey, I have these five chickens, mm-hmm. I-, I need them for dinner? Right. So, we are... As production farm selling to restaurants now and the amount that we do, our insurance covers us to do processing for other people one day per week. So we can't process our own meat with other people's stuff that's been brought in. Uh, has to be bug-free, can't have any sort of outlying diseases or anything, just like if you were to take a cow to the USDA slaughterhouse. If it looks bad, we're not going to take it. If it's got bugs, we're not going to take it. Um, insurance, Our insurance is very, very intolerant of any of that stuff because... We can, we can process for other people, and they can sell what we process if they raised it through, okay. through our insurance because we are, we are custom for chickens, turkeys, ducks, geese, rabbits, that kind of thing, anything small animal. So we bring stuff in. It's $5 per chicken, and they get them back whole in bags that are basically like what you would get at the store. Okay, and how do people contact you or find you for the best way <clears throat> to be able to schedule that services or talk to you about? Um, we are, right now, we are open from Memorial Day, which is the end of May, through the first week in October. We only open in November for turkeys at Thanksgiving time. We do roughly 200 to 300 turkeys the week to week and a half before Thanksgiving. <laughs> this, this year was my first, uh, we have some friends that raised mm-hmm. some heritage turkeys. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got a bird from them and took the son and the wife out, and we did the whole process this year, and I was fascinated by it. Like I figured, you know, was, you, you just cut off the head, pluck it, but there was actually a lot more to it. There is. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, we we do we do a bunch, uh, and then off the farm we sell fresh turkeys too. So we do all of ours on Sunday before Thanksgiving. So we, the Thanksgiving turkeys, we generally have everybody call us by the first week in October so that we have the scheduling down. Okay. Because then I, I'm also a teacher, so <laughs> I'm busy in the wintertime. But after that October hits, then all the kids are in school and we've got everything going on there and I teach and all of now that. The so is, can you still eat chicken and turkeys? Because I know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people, like, uh, I know a fisherman that if they fish one specific type of fish, That's by the end it. of the season they're just like... <laughs> Uh, I worked on a crab boat, and like the, most of the crew did not even want to touch crab <laughs> by the end of the season. They're like, I don't want to eat it. I don't want to see it. No. I just want my check and be gone and not think about crab. <laughs> no, actually, none of that bothers any of us around here. I was, ra- I was raised doing this, so it really we, – we don't do it so constantly that it makes that situation. So we're, we do – anywhere from 50 to 100 chickens a day, sometimes 125 to 150. It depends on who, who brings stuff in. Uh, but a few days off here and there and do other things. I mean, we, we do process, like I said, our own pork and goat and sheep and stuff too. So we have plenty of things that keeps us from having that situation. And now um, you, you said rabbits was one of the things you do. I yes. see that's a very popular thing in mm-hmm. Alaska. Yes. Is that process work the same as chickens in the fact of like if people want to breed their own rabbits mm-hmm. or have their own meat rabbit what's the setup on that for somebody that maybe lives in a smaller area urban mm-hmm. area for rabbits compared to chickens rabbits are so much easier they they a smaller cage really? they are the smaller cage their feed conversion is a lot better uh they eat <clears throat> hay rabbit food they like I said, they they eat far less than a chicken. 
at the end point with chickens and turkeys, right before you're processing them, they are eating roughly their weight, almost. Really? Turkeys, turkeys are terrible. Turkeys are absolutely terrible. By the time the sixth, by the time the fifth month rolls around on the turkeys, and we're just pouring three, four bags of feed in a day, sometimes morning and night, mm -mm. it's terrible. It's like, okay, you guys got to go. You got to go. So that also goes back to do do we not want to eat it after it's done? No, no, we definitely want to eat those. But, how how is the practicality of people being able to have their own animals, especially with a service <clears throat> like yours, where, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, they, they get a chicken, they get a rabbit, and they're like, oh, now this is Mr. Fluffy Feathers, and <laughs> I can't kill him. So to be able to have a service like yours to bring him to, do you see that trend growing more of people wanting to raise their own food? Uh, very much so. We This year alone, we've had quite a few new customers, and it's actually branching out into Anchorage now where people can raise them in their backyards and know that they have their own meat. Uh, the worst thing about the urban areas and you know being in town instead of us out here in the farmland is roosters and most of the most most of the cities most of the cities are not accepting of roosters and the crowing and stuff people's people's neighbors just don't appreciate that out here our, our cows beller and the neighbors down the road laugh you know oh, it must be feeding time mm, yep <laughs> and with the roosters this was a question I was going to ask earlier I if you have egg laying chickens, mm -hmm. do you have to have a rooster with the females or will they just naturally do? Because I've heard ducks, you have to have a male to get no. the female. No, no, you don't have to have a male of any of the birds to get eggs at oh, all. Okay, nope. See? They will all lay. No, <laughs> they will all lay eggs. It doesn't matter if you want fertile eggs. You have to have the males. However, um, male geese, male ducks, and the roosters are really, really good deterrents for the birds. Uh, we have ravens, we have eagles, we have hawks, we have owls out here. They are the ones that make the noise and make sure that the rest of them are safe and know to get undercover and stuff. So really your males have a purpose, but uh, if you're not incubating eggs and stuff and you really don't care about that, you do not have to have a rooster at all. <laughs> so speaking of that, I know we have a lot, like you were naming the birds that are predators. Uh -huh. I know we have a lot of predators that are unique to Alaska compared to say Texas where mm. your biggest worry is a rattlesnake or a possum. Yeah, well we have coyotes, we have fox, we have we have the larger larger animals here. We haven't had bear at our place that I know of, but I do how, know that how do you deter what what is some ways that that's deterred cuz I imagine if one good fox or coyote mm -hmm. can Oh yeah, we we had, we had a Oh yeah, we had a we had an issue a couple years ago with a fox that was running through here. She had three or four kits and had was through here trying to take our ducks and stuff. I mean but we have guard dogs. We we do keep we keep the livestock guard dogs out here too. So they they do a really good job of making enough noise to keep that stuff from happening. And, and our, where can people find you guys on social media? Because I know that's where I found yeah, you. Yeah, we are Frosty Meadow Farm. And is that for Facebook, Instagram, or what social media is there? Uh, we have we have our own website, uh, FrostyMeadowFarm.com, and I believe Frosty Meadow. Farm. It's just facebook.com slash Frosty Meadow Farm. And we, other than that, we don't have Instagram or any of that. But we do have, like I said, the, the actual website where you can purchase eggs, contact us, uh, purchase part of our meat packages. 
uh, put in your request for a Thanksgiving turkey and your deposit request for chickens to be processed. We do regular and corn-free, soy-free, both for customers. But we do request that people put in an order ahead of time. We're, you can't call us and just say, hey, I need a couple chickens. We don't, we don't do that. We, and, and what type of lead time should people expect on that? Uh, at least eight weeks on the chickens. And then for the turkeys, we request that anybody wanting a Thanksgiving turkey gets their contract in the first week of July because we have to know. Turkeys take five months to grow. And okay. we need to make sure that we have enough because, as I said before, they do have heart attacks and they will just keel over on you. So we make sure that we have enough of a buffer for all the customers that want those. Okay, excellent. And is there anything else you want to let our listeners know about uh, you guys' farm out here? Uh, no, we're really happy to be out here and still growing and just it makes us really happy to be able to help people raise their own food and we have shared the processing side of things with people and te teaching people how to do it themselves if they want to so it, it it's really big we are as a 4-H club and things with our boys we have four boys they help teach other people too so it's part of their community service program and their 4-H experience as well nice and for our listeners if you've never had that experience to process your own game i highly recommend contact a local farm contact mm. somewhere that does it and absolutely just go and see and learn it it's not as gruesome as you think it's gonna be and it's actually i took my seven-year-old son and he was mm -hmm. he was a little creeped out at first but by the second turkey he was just kind of like oh okay this is so and if you click on the icon wherever you're listening to this podcast on it will pull up our show notes and we will have all of the links for you to follow Frosty Meadow Farms. And thank you all so much for coming on. No, thank you. Thank you for listening to my daddy. Hear you later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 